1: and gentlemen welcome to another episode of dangerous world podcast excited for this one man this was a blast to do i'm kind of frustrated right now though because for some reason my damn computer is not allowing me to do my normal uh methods of recording so if i sound a little distorted here in this introduction uh fear not the normal episode and like i should say the body of the episode is the normal standard of quality. Just for some reason right now, I cannot get my Bluetooth headphones to connect to this. And that's a critical part of this. But you didn't come here to listen to that bullshit. You came here to listen to myself speak with Joel Thomas of Van Tesla and Kill the Mockingbirds and a bunch of other things. And uh, we talk about the brotherhood of the snake. And this was a wild episode, man. I didn't do a ton of talking. I actually did a lot of learning here. Joel did a great job just kind of uh, telling me what was up with the brotherhood of the snake. What a fun guy to talk with, man. And what a just a down to earth, cool seeming guy. No, I've never hung out with a dude. But um, what I've gathered from just like the, I think, tw- two times that we talked, just a, a super nice dude. Um, seems very family oriented, a family man, um, a real dude. Just a fun guy to talk with, similar to his co-host on Kill the Mockingbirds, Sean Chris, who I enjoyed uh, the, I think about three or four times that I've spoken with him now. A couple of cool dudes, and I always appreciate cool dudes, you know? So um, if you want to learn more about Joel's work with Van Tesla, I'm going to definitely share his um, his link tree in the show notes here. So you'll see that. If you want to find them anywhere, you can pretty much just type in Van Tesla music on any of the social media platforms. You'll find that I follow him on Instagram. Um, It's him and one other dude. If I'm not mistaken, his name's Quan. Uh, I'm more familiar with uh, with Joel's work specifically here, but I know that they work in tandem and uh, a funny dude. I'm, I'm scrolling through his Instagram as I'm speaking right now. Does some funny skits. We mentioned Denver in the Patreon, one of his non binary characters. And uh just uh like I said, I can't I can't speak highly enough for what I know about the dude uh as of now. Uh we talk about the book of Enoch, we talk about the Brotherhood of the Snake, how it is the granddaddy of all secret societies. Um, we talk about the bloodline of Cain, which uh has a lot to do with what uh the Brotherhood of the Snake is. And we go down all kinds of different rabbit holes. And again, I'm mostly listening. I think that what's going on here um, with some of this brotherhood of the snake, it touches on a lot of those ideas of the lizard people. Right. Um, not in the sense that you would think, though. It's it's much less flashy, um, much more believable, I should say. Um, I'll just you'll have to listen to it. And I hope that you're going to do that. And I hope that if you're not already subscribed to the Patreon, you will do so over there. at dot slash dangerous world podcast. I haven't plugged in a couple episodes now. I'm going to try not to plug every every time. But uh, as you probably know, this is how I make the little bit of money that I do make doing this. We're trying to grow that. You know, I um have been real fortunate the last couple of days to be able to release quite a few episodes. And that'll continue for a few more days, but then it's getting back to the old grind. Um, you know, it, it's really cool when people reach out to you and they want to be on your show. Uh, next episode after like this whole week of like different episodes coming out after, um, Joel's episode here on the Brotherhood of the Snake, I've got Julia's episode coming out talking about Laurel Canyon and some of the occult shit that was going on there and, um, just fun shit. So it gives me a little bit of a buffer where I can kind of take a step back. Think about what I want to research and then dive back into it. And that's what we're going to do. I've got a cool episode that I think I have lined out talking about the Department of Defense work when it comes to the gateway process and some of this manifestation stuff. I find it very suspect that they're talking about it and sharing it to the public. And, um, you know, I'm going to, after that, I think I'm going to move away a little bit from the spirituality stuff because I think I've proven my point. Over and over and over again. And um, it is very interesting that the um, spiritual leader of Vladimir Putin's daughter just uh, was killed in a car bombing. Uh, obviously, uh, it's tragic any time, you know, a child is brought into any of this horrible stuff. But um, couldn't the spiritual leader just manifest this to work out differently? I mean, if manifestation's so real and if this guy is a master after all, um, you'd think that that wouldn't have happened but hey i think this is just point exhibit 7452 of uh how you know this there's more to this stuff it's not as easy as all these yogis and all these dipshits and all these retards and morons and assholes make it seem um mysticism is basically a bunch of frauds and I'll stand behind that uh, all the time. I think that uh, and, and you know, I've had my experiences with some of these frauds and they're uh, not who they say they are 10 times out of 10. So uh, I don't want to go on rants about this stuff because I, I could see how this could become tiresome uh, to hear me bagging on this kind of stuff constantly. But I do find it very, very interesting that we see uh, some real life situations of the stuff going on maybe the reason that my damn audio isn't working is because i'm not manifesting it hard enough okay i did check to make sure that there is no viruses on my computer and i went through uh, a few things to make sure that my shit was working properly it's just not it's just being a stubborn little computer maybe bill gates is angry with me right now he's put me in a little time out but um you know besides all of that because this could turn into a full rant right now, okay? I've had a... I, believe it or not, okay? I've had a little vodka with... Uh, what is that? It's a uh, sparkling water, lime flavored, that they sell at the Speedway Gas Station, which is a branch of 7-Eleven. Really lovely drink. Just a nice light, summery drink. It is still very summery over here. Humid as hell. And, um, you know, I'm feeling myself, Okay. So I could rant. This could be a full-blown Ryan's rant over there at the Patreon, but it's not. It's a good episode with Joel Thomas on the Brotherhood of the Snake. And I hope that you enjoy it. I learned a shit ton of information here. And um, I can't stress how cool Joel is. Uh, Just enjoy the episode here, guys. Let's roll into it. Last plug I do have is uh, just DangerousWorldStore.com. I have had horrible luck sending packages to England and Australia. Um, I'm going to cancel this. I have a package on the way to Australia that is taking forever. Um, it's tragic. So if you don't have anything out there in England and Australia yet, you're not going to get any. I, I, Canada, I haven't had any issues with. I'm going to uh, shut off world shipping over there at the at the website. It is a fucking problem. Uh, not to mention it's like thirty or forty or fifty dollars depending on where you're getting shit and uh you know how much it costs. So again, this is more of that logistical stuff that y'all don't care about. So just a PSA. Uh, if you don't have any merch and you are on the other side of the Atlantic ocean, you're not getting anything anymore. Um, Unless your package is out the one dude right now, he knows who he is. Hopefully I'm working on it, brother. I will get you your shit. And if not, you're getting your money back plus some, because at this point it is a fucking problem and I'm pissed off about it. So uh let's not let that damper the mood because you're about to have your minds blown guys this is joel thomas of van tesla and kill the mockingbirds enjoy the show what is going on everybody really really excited to talk with joel thomas of van tesla here and you also work with sean who i sean chris who i've really come to like even though i don't know the dude very well at all and uh you do kill the mockingbirds with him right
0: yeah man yeah for sure yeah sean's a cool dude yeah we got really cool uh you know just in the truth of world that's kind of how it happened
1: <laughs> yeah dude and it sounds like you really know your stuff man i'm excited to get into this brotherhood of the snake which i had not is is it also referred to as brotherhood of the serpent or is it is that something that's kind of like bastardized it
0: is so it, it that is a another name for it uh brotherhood of the serpent um also, the dragon's court would be another name nice. for it as well. Oh, and we'll get into the dragon bloodlines and what that means to them in this Brotherhood of the Snake. So it's pretty important. It ties into the Mother of Dragons and a bunch of really interesting rabbit holes there too. Oh <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, dude, I always like to have people plug their stuff up front. I obviously mentioned the the two things there real quick, but why don't you elaborate on those and just kind of talk about w- what you do, your work there, Um, if you want to plug the stuff that you do with Tony Merkel too, who I'm I'm a big fan of him. Um, share, share anything that you want to share here with these great people listening.
0: Yeah, so um really essentially at the core, I'm a I'm a music artist. I've done music for a long time. Um I really broke into this style of music probably two and a half, three years ago, really around when the pandemic started. That's kind of what kicked it off for me. I was always down truth or rabbit holes, but really from a different perspective. And I try to put this out there up front because everybody's like, oh, he's got to be control op or something. But, you know, I I consider myself a former Freemason. I don't know if I can actually consider that. I think like you kind of like once you're in, you're in. But you can't step away from the the group, which I've done. And great people. I I don't want to put that out there because a lot of people get a lot of misconceptions with Freemasonry. But I was in it for the wrong reasons so you know for me i i had goals and aspirations especially being a musician um i understand the game of music it's not just talent not to get to certain levels of music it's just not it's it's impossible um i don't care what anybody says I've, i've seen it and i'm not saying because i didn't reach some pinnacle um there were opportunities for me um i think fortunately for me and i've told you this before when you're on our podcast like i'm a christian and for me uh I came to a point where there was a lot of roadblocks like coming up. And I, I, think it was God really. Like, I think that there was this fork where I was about to take that step, that road, there were things being offered, um, roads being offered to me. Like, I mean, I could have gone up the chain, you know, if I'd wanted to, um, I think life hit me in the face though. There were a lot of, you know, obstacles that happened to me in life and, and just some things I look back on as awful things at the time, but it now I look back on it, they were great things. Cause it, Pushed me off of a path that I feel like I was going down. And I'm happy that I did because I really started, you know, really looking at people differently. I started looking at family differently. Um, because when you think about money and power and, and these different things, you start thinking about, you know, all of the awful things that you have to do to get there. Are you willing to do those things? That's selling your soul. You know, I don't necessarily think that it's always selling your soul um per se even though i do think that does exist i do think though that you selling your soul can also mean just doing things that you don't want to do as a person to get things that you want to do there's a lot of actors and actresses and musicians and athletes that say and do a lot of things you can tell they really don't want to do but it's a company line right they're told to do it um because you know hey if you don't do it we'll take all the stuff away from you i mean you've seen it happen with uh with musicians and, and, and just celebrities in general, if they decide to buck the system and they're, they're blackballed, you know, from Hollywood or wherever else. Um, I, I think now looking back on it, I'm glad I went through these roads. I learned a lot going through the Freemasons. I learned a lot about Freemasonry. I, I, I did, you know, cause I was there, you know, even secret societies and just all the rabbit holes I went through for 15 years, you know, learning about all these things. Were was, you a uh, Christian
1: heading into the Freemasons, by the way?
0: I just wanted to ask that. So oddly, so my dad's a pastor and I grew up in a Christian church. I really bucked the system when I got, you know, we kind of had a falling out over music. My my family, you know, wasn't having it, you know, like, sure. Rapper, you know, whatever And I left. I was like, I'm gonna do what I want to do. And, you know, I, I struggled with music for a while. I was good. I had some ups and downs, you know, with music where things got close. I was talking to labels, you know, there was these things and then they would fall through. And I just got desperate. You start getting desperate. And I was also very, you know, hip to what was going on in, you know, the secret societies and everything. I, I wanted to be a Freemason. And I worked hard for a year to finally get invited to a place to then go through initiation and everything. And wow. um, I, it was actually one of the toughest lodges to go through. Um in the area, As a matter of fact, it was a Prince Hall Freemason lodge, so I was the first white guy to ever go through it, um, ever. So they it's all had black never dudes come, or what? Yeah, all black guys. Wow. Um, especially in the South. Now, when you get up north, it's a little different in Freemasonry because uh, Prince Hall Freemasons and mainstream Freemasons is what they call them. They interact a lot. Like up north, it's very different, and you'll see a lot of different races in both. But down south, now it has changed in the past, like five to seven years, but. Back when I was getting in, it was still pretty segregated. Uh, Prince Hall was very open to white guys, you know, like or or people of other, you know, races getting in, even though it's typically an African-American lodge. Um, but uh, I went in because I had a really good friend of mine. He was black and and we wanted to go through it together. And we got shunned at a white lodge. And I kind of said a phrase to a guy that I saw. Um, and I can say this, it's no secret. Uh, if you go up to a Freemason, you say, ask one to be one. If you say yeah. that they know what you mean. Um, and I went through a series of couple months before they even like invited me there. And, you know, they thought it was pretty cool that I kind of shunned a white lodge and, and, you know, because of my, my buddy and, ended up going through one of the toughest lodges, like physically, mentally, all that It was a lot like to go through, uh, they push you to the limit. So it was, you know, and I looked at it as a badge of honor to me going through something like that um, and getting to where I wanted to get to. And I knew there was more levels to it and more phases of what I could get to. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, life really came and, and, and hit me upside the head. I think that was divine because I think that I would have for sure went down a path that I had planned on going on. And I look back on it very, very thankful for a lot of those things.
1: Do you care to elaborate on that a, a little bit? Or is it something that's uh, kind of a little too private to share here? And by the way, dude, your music is phenomenal. Like, I mean, I don't think that you need a gimmick or or some kind of like, uh, you know, hidden hand pushing you. I, obviously, to get to the very top of that industry, you need, as you said, something, right? A little, little extra right. secret shit going on behind the scenes. But dude, your stuff is great, man. Like the stuff that you and Sean do together, that woke yeah. summer song is sick dude like i love that i appreciate it yeah and i'm not just saying that dude like i i i really do enjoy um like just the take that you guys do the little videos that you guys do too dude like just sitting on a park bench and or a picnic table or something and just sitting there and like just like real casual chill having a good time and uh it's inspiring to say the very least and it's very very good dude so i just wanted to get that out of the way make sure that i give you your your credit um (laughs) But I mean, do you care to elaborate on on when you say life hit you upside the head, or is that something too private? Yeah,
0: no, I don't. I, it, it's not a big deal, man, for me. But you know, I lost my job. Um, I had custody of my kid at the time. I I lost custody of my son um, at the time for some really shadiness that went on behind the scenes with some lawyers and judges and and things. Uh, so it was uh, it was tough, you know, for me. Now looking back on it, did I? Put myself in some situations to, to fail because of what I was seeking. I think so. I think that was the crossroads. I think when all that stuff hit me and I lost everything, there was a crossroads. Either I was going to go down this road of fame, fortune, and these upper tier levels of knowledge, which ultimately I really wanted. Like I, I say that I wanted like money and power and fame and to an extent, but really it was the it was the the power of the knowledge like i i love knowledge i love knowing stuff other people don't know (laughs) like you really yeah and and, it to me that was more attractive than anything there's a power in that there's a power in having this like esoteric knowledge like nobody else has you know what i mean and to me that was super attractive i still think i think when all that stuff happened i think that was divine and i think it was like look if you want it you can have it but you're going to lose everything else. Like you won't Mm. have like your kid, you won't have like your family, you won't have these things. And I think it was set up for that. And I think that those bonds were too strong for me, like with my kid and and I've got custody back of him now, but at the end of the day, um, it all backfired again. Like, I don't want to go into every, all the details here, but um, it, it was pretty shady how it went down. But I think it was divine in the sense of, what are your priorities in life? Like what's most important to you and and are these things important? Because if they are, you won't have the rest because it is, that's how it works. Right. And I think a lot of these celebrities and stuff, their families are, it's for show. It's not real. They, you know, they may look happy and stuff, but I don't think a lot of that stuff's very real that they portray. It's just a video they post on something or a, you know, a photo op or something like that. Um, I think ultimately it's just a, A lonely, sad road. You may have a lot of stuff and and you may have this level of happiness, you know, tertiary, very on the surface. But I don't think that it's ultimately, you know, I was I'm looking for something more fulfilling now. And I think you're right. I think musically for me, um, I'm in a great place musically. Like I feel great when I put out the stuff. Um, you know, I say a lot of controversial things. That's fine. You can take it or leave it. Um, but I do a lot of I do a lot of music that's about family and about, you know, uh very conscious stuff too and uh, you know, a lot of very uh uh happy things too. I I don't get just down the rabbit holes. Like those are fun for me in music, but I do do a lot of stuff that's more um geared towards family and, and togetherness and I think that's important.
1: Well, dude, you know, you say you say controversial things. I think that you speak a lot of what you've believed to be true. And I think that it's a lot less controversial than saying the N word, every other sentence, you know, I mean, <laughs> Agree. I understand. I understand that like, you know, it's different when you're a black dude, being able to say that kind of stuff or, or using that in music. But um, I used to really enjoy that kind of hip hop. And now it, it's just like, I'm like, dude, this is really demeaning to an entire culture, even though it is some catchy songs. A lot of black people like that music, but it's like, you know, you got white people all around the entire world singing this in their head and they're just repeating that word over and over again. There's something very dark about that. But um we could probably do an entirely different episode on music, man. I, I love talking about music, dude. I love artists like Currency who, um, you know, he's he's independent. It seems like he kind of good. Yeah. Dude, I love that dude, man. I'm like, yeah, he, he just talks about cars, mostly cars and mm. weed, you know, and it's <laughs> like, dude, like and he uses the N word all the time, you know, And but I mean. That's that's a, a serious exception for me. I, I love that dude's music and just the way that he goes yeah. about stuff. And it's I, like I said, it's kind of similar. You're independent, he's independent, and it's um it's a beautiful thing, I think, man, doing something that you enjoy. And then obviously, you know, taking some of the stuff that you do your deep dives and your research, like this topic that we're about to get into, and you incorporate that into your music too. And I I, I think that it's awesome, dude. So Van Tesla is your main project,
0: and then yeah. I love Van Tesla. I do that with my buddy, Quan Duke, And you were talking about black dudes. He's black. And um, yeah, he. it's funny. We were talking about the N word. Um, he uses it on rare occasions. Uh, he will, if it makes sense to make a point about something. And generally it's something social, like it's, it's a social topic and it's really just a reverse of like, you know, how the words used or how it shouldn't be used. So he's very particular about that too. Um, it's funny that you brought that up. So he, he is, he would totally agree with you on what you said about the N word and the overuse of it and how it's just, you know, it's become something that's really used to tear um that community down, even yeah. though it was supposed to be an empowering thing, it really became something else. And really it gave, you know, a lot of white people free license to say it. Cause I mean, it's in music, like, you hear it like you know some songs I have it 20 30 times and it's like if you hear it that much i mean it's in your head right i think there's a a magic with a CK to that as well so i think that that's you know definitely when i
1: uh, i forget what comedian said it it was either louis ck or bill burr where it's like when you say the n word you're just making me say the real word in my head you know like when right. you say <laughs> the n word like when you actually spell it out like that i
0: think it was ck i think i've i heard him say that yeah that's dude great. it's like yeah. it,
1: it's worse almost so it's just kind of funny man but Um, Yeah, so really appreciate what you do there. And uh, like we mentioned, you you work with Tony Merkel. I actually saw you on YouTube. I watched some of that documentary about the Dog Man. You
0: were on that. That was dope. It's really cool. Uh, It was on YouTube. Uh, It did almost 200,000 views. Um, We actually pulled it because it's going to be on streaming platforms here pretty soon. So it'll be like Amazon Prime and some of that stuff like that. We're getting ready to move everything to streaming platforms, getting ready for this big Skinwalker uh documentary that's coming Very out nice. at the end of October. So that's gonna be wild. We were out in Utah for five days, and I can't say anything here about it, but yeah, people yeah. need to watch it. We have some stuff on film, so like we've it's definitely worth it. Um we what we did that was different than any of the skinwalker stuff out there, we actually I don't like boots on the ground, which we always do. And we go out there and and, and seek these things out, but we always have great interviews. And one of the things that we wanted to showcase in this is the Native American perspective of all this, because this is where it started. That's where it all started from. It isn't this whole scientific thing that you see on the shows a lot. Uh, We wanted to get into more of the spiritual aspect, which we did. And man, we had some great guides and some great guys that had seen a lot of things knew a lot of things that were able to, really break things down for us and and really shaped out the documentary to what it ended up being,
1: man. That's cool. Congratulations, man. Busy man. You are. And I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm feeling more and more honored that you were willing to pop on my show, dude. Um, Where do you want to start with this? Let's get into this stuff, man. Cause you said you got a lot of information. I'm fascinated with the idea of getting into the oldest secret society out there. The stuff that really spawns all these other things is is kind of what you were telling me before. Um, Where do we start, man? Right.
0: You know, I thought about this long for the past few weeks because I, I really, you know, I got a lot of notes together for this, too, because it can get jumbled up because it's so much. And sure. I want to make sure that I'm kind of conveying the right stuff that I want to convey about it, Um, because everybody's got their own idea about this, because if you do like the regular searches and you start looking into it, you're going to find a lot of stuff that's tied into Egyptian culture or Sumerian culture, and it won't tie into the biblical side of it, which I do want to get into because I think that that's where you're going to find most of the truth. And the guys that I've seen that have done a lot of research on this topic tend to go to that well, because it just, it lines up with the Freemason aspect of it too. And that's kind of where everything spawned from was the brotherhood of the snake um, or the dragon's court. And Freemasonry, the tenets of Freemasonry are built on what they built. So maybe I start with the company line and then I kind of get into, you know, what, you know, I think that it is. Again, it's open interpretation. You sure. know, everybody is not going to think like I do. But I, I do think that there's a lot of truth to it. And I think that if people dig deep enough, uh, you can find some of these really cool things about the Brotherhood of the Snake and you'll start seeing where like, oh man, they put that in this movie or the, or this medium I wasn't thinking about. Like, man, they use that from, yeah, it, a lot of stuff comes from secret societies. You'll, you'll see it in movies all the time, the symbols yeah. and everything else. And, you, Checkerboard and we'll floors, talk dude absolutely it's in everything you know, right <laughs> yeah. so i mean it's hilarious I, I i laugh sometimes i'll just see a like a photo or something i'm like god it's right there like my yeah. daughter will send me stuff all the time it's like see see i'm a disney movie like what in the world <laughs> your daughter knows about a lot of this stuff too yeah she does so she's very like uh on this stuff so nice. she'll send That's me good. stuff all the time about it and say like you know i can't watch anything more dad she's like i just see it everywhere i was like you'll get like me like a veteran yeah. it doesn't phase you anymore and you just kind of see it you just move it along like you, that rookie stage is like what it like bothers you and freak out about everything i can't watch anything or listen yeah, yeah. To anything but now i'm at the point i can enjoy the art of something sure and, and, but still know that it's like controlled you know i can sit there and understand like yeah like you know these guys that are putting this stuff out like they're probably involved with whatever and isn't that
1: a cool thing to bond with your daughter over like to just be able to talk (laughs) shit about like all these like they think they're slick with this we see exactly what's going on i I, that's that's pretty cool man
0: she spots um, the freemasonic uh uh um square and compass like everywhere she'll find it on cornerstones of buildings and stuff a lot and i I had to tell her about that too that that a lot of times the freemasons will bless a building when it's being built because it's part of masonry you know that's what freemasons are they build so uh a lot of times they'll put these cornerstones on these buildings or churches and they'll be you'll see it it's just like a weird like brick or something that's part of the brick scheme but it'll be like engraved with like a a date that they did it so
1: very interesting. interesting keep your eyes on uh out there for for uh Freemason little uh, square compasses and bricks, man. That's interesting. I'm sure that they're everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah, yeah, for <laughs> sure. And so you want to give us the company line, which I think is definitely valuable. I think that anytime you're studying a group or a society, it is important to know how they want to project themselves right. to society, how they want to be seen. Right. I do this with the UN, um, you know, the, the Theosophical Society, all these groups that say one thing and seem to do another. Right. So this it's funny is definitely... you brought up
0: the uh, the 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 uh, society because we're going to speak about them briefly today because they are tied into this dragon court piece of the uh, the the women part of it that that birth these uh, the dragons uh, bloodline. So it's interesting because they actually talk about this a little bit. So we'll get to that too. But it's yeah. it's not a lot. We're not going to touch on a lot. But they are involved. Again, this is the oldest secret society. So everything stems from these guys. Like this is what they do. And this is what they, they, they built the the foundation. That's what they did, you know, to, to move everything this way.
1: Now I, I was trying to do a little bit of research on this topic by just kind of listening to podcasts. I knew that Mm -hmm. you were going to be really taking the lead on this. So I just kind of wanted to brush up, maybe hear what other people were saying about it. I could not find one good uh, enthralling episode that like kept me hooked for more than I mean, literally the introduction. Either the the people are presenting it terribly, or um, just it was just not making sense. Mm-hmm. There was one thing that I heard, and and let me know if this is even real or if this was like some kind of a, a joke or parody on mm-hmm. this. That there's these lizard beings that uh disguise themselves. They come from the planet Law. Mm-hmm. Does that sound real?
0: i don't know i haven't heard the reptilian take on this brotherhood of the snake so i haven't heard that um and i've done a lot of research on this now to say that maybe like i know that my take on what reptilians are probably a little bit different than some people so i think there's uh, two metaphysical i think metaphysical and i think uh, a lot of uh, fallen angel stuff because they they shapeshift so i think that and we're going to get into fallen angels today too because they do tie heavily heavily into this whole brotherhood of the snake they they started it but um they uh they i think they shapeshift into things um also uh if we're going to talk about the interbreeding aspect of what fallen angels have done when it came to the nephilim and also cryptids i think there's a piece of that too because it does say that they did interbreed with animals as well so like pre like pre-diluvian or anti-diluvian before the deluge the flood um that's why the flood happened it was because creation had literally been like overrun with so much um that god was just basically like yeah we're, we're out of here like that's yeah. what happened
1: yeah i mean it was interesting I, I knew that we could stop right there after i was mentioning the planet law if you hadn't heard of this mm-hmm. it sounded like some bs but they were saying that like these reptilians basically invented like lawyering and the art of like manipulating the law. And they they call it law because they come from the planet law and all this stuff. So it just sounds like total bullshit. So we can just forget about that. But um, yeah, man, like I said, where what is this company lying As you as you say it, like, how do they want themselves represented?
0: Well, the oldest secret society and a lot of them say that they came from Babylon, right? This is where it started. It was in Babylon. But then it really picked up. Um, in Egypt, um, with the cult of Aten, which is like the sun god or Ra, and then Akhenaten, which was the tenth, yeah, the the tenth uh, king of the eighteenth dynasty. Um, in Egyptian culture, which a lot of people think he could have had some sort of like Nephilim characteristics. If you notice, like a lot of these uh Egyptians have these like elongated heads yeah. and a lot of these characteristics, big feet, they're bigger. If you ever notice like on like in any kind of like hieroglyphs, they'll be bigger than like the rest of the people. And they'll be around like weird beings and stuff. Um, People think that there was a. Nephilim aspect to it or the hybrid aspect to it, the fallen angel human aspect to these gods. Because their whole right. So again, it's a company line where it started, but it's not wrong in the aspect of they picked up the torch or they continued the torch from where it really began. So I think that's where um we get into interesting grounds of like where it really began. And this is just me, like I said. I'm a Christian, so I'm going I'm to speak from that aspect. I'm going to speak from the Bible. Um, Book of Enoch, I think, is a great tool, um, but there's a reason it's not canonical, um, because there are some small disparities throughout it. I think it's in the 95% range of being like spot on, but... There's certain things in there, and the one main one that I always bring up is the book of Enoch talks about the angels built the ark, but that's not the case because in the Bible, God told Noah to build the ark and how to build it. So Mm. it was kind of a weird little thing that was added in there, kind of seems like a little like fallen angel, little trick, like, ah, we did it, you know what I mean? Like, so... It you know it's always deception yeah yeah. um it's kind of like the whole Sumerian thing right so Sumerian stuff's going to tie into this because a lot of these names and a lot of these uh Anunnaki uh which were Nephilim um a lot of those names and stuff are going to pop up because Sumerian when the Sumerian texts were found which was when they predated it, it was, they they were done, I think it was like 250 years after the deluge, which would be like after the flood. So they're like the oldest known text. Um, yeah. So a lot of people think that the Bible was a derivative of the Sumerian text because it was written later. So the, but the, the pushback on that is if you believe the Bible, God went to these people and told him to write it. So you look at like Moses who wrote the first five books, like he went to Moses and told him to do this. So he gave him his inscription. Now I get the pushback on it. And if you don't believe in the Bible, I could see your whole point. You could say that Sumerians are the first and that's where like all the other religions got their knowledge from, but wouldn't it be crafty and wouldn't it be just like a Lucifer thing to create something? And side note, how do we know it? that the timetable is even right because we can't necessarily believe whatever historians tell us because they've been lying to us for decades and decades. So you got to throw that little piece in there too, to like, say like, were these historians being right? Or were they just giving us some sort of brainwashed thing to throw out the Bible once again, because you brought up a really good point on our last podcast. And I thought it was really cool how you showed us like the new world order, like, you know, the 10, what was it? The 10. uh, Yeah.
1: The 10 goals of the Lucius trust.
0: Right. So when you do that, though, isn't it odd, though, when you find these secret societies and these new world order plans and all this, they're very vehemently against Christianity. It's 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 like it's almost like it's ingrained in the foundation of everything they build.
1: Well, and Joel, they they they're against Christianity. And then they also say that, like, God's not real. Like it's it's a very like they're they're denouncing this this religion that believes in God, almost worshiping the devil or the dark side of this whole thing. Mm -hmm. And while they're doing that, they're also saying that none of it exists. It's very yeah. confusing. It's very it's it's, weird. It's strange. Yeah.
0: It's dude. It's like CERN, right? Like it's supposed to be there for science, but yet they're doing all these weird like uh, uh seances and and rituals out there like in broad daylight. You can see the videos of it. They're out there like marching around like they're in like a trance and like in robes and all kind of weird stuff. It's that it's that piece where like you said, it doesn't make sense. You're telling me that, well, we're separating science from God or whatever, but yet you're doing everything against that. You're showing us that you have some sort of religion in something. And that's the part that never adds up to me. Now I want to say this on the flip side, though. I'm not one of those like Bible-thumper Christians that's coming down and telling you um, this is how it has to be or whatever. Also, I think the church has been highly infiltrated by the same people that hate the church. So I think they've done a great job at making the church unattractive to people and Christianity unattractive to people and make it seem like. Like Christianity is an awful thing because in a lot of ways, Ryan, it has been, you look at the, throughout history, the Holy Wars, like you can go down through everything. Like so many things have been started over religion, over God, over Christianity, really, when you think about it. And, and then the pedophile
1: it, stuff, all the horrible things. Oh my God. That go yes. On, yeah. I
0: mean, the Catholic church, I mean, just look at that. I mean, with just like you said, the pedophiles, it's insane. And, but I think that's by design. I think they, they, they they want to tear down real Christianity, tear down the real family and home life that they want to tear apart with everything they're doing, but on the flip side, infiltrate the church and then make it look even worse. Make it look even – everything they're saying on the other end, man. It's, 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 again, it's a long game. You know, Lucifer's got the long game here. He knows in the end he's going to lose, but he's got to take down as many people as he can with him, man. That's the goal, and he's been doing it since the dawn of time. This is nothing – this is nothing new man like it, it it really isn't and that's where the Brotherhood of the snake comes in is this belief in the snake right we all know the story of yeah we we know we know all about that and that's kind of where it started from it really research that I've done it really started with Cain so we all know the story of Cain and Abel you know Abel was giving God the best of what he was growing and the best of what he had to sacrifice while Cain was giving him, you know, the lower tier stuff. And so Cain was wondering why, like, Abel was getting blessed and he killed Abel over it. He was jealous. So he was the, you know, that was the first murderer. And ultimately, Cain uh, uh, never had remorse for this. He, he was very angry. He got shunned and he decided that he was going to do whatever he could to build up opposition against the Adamic side or the Adam's line of people, which was God's holy people. Now I want to kick this back to Adam. While Adam was in the garden of Eden, he learned the seven sciences. And I'm going to bring up the seven sciences. The trivium and
1: quadrivium. Is this what you're talking about?
0: So this is a little different, but I'm going to bring these up real quick here. So I can go through them correctly here. Yeah. I learned about the the trivium and quadrivium.
1: Uh, Well, I learned about the Trivium Quadrivium. I know you're saying it's different from uh, another dude that that is, I guess, still a Freemason. So it's something very tied in with that stuff.
0: So the seven sciences is grammar, rhetoric, logic, arithmetic, geometry. Which that is the fifth science, which is the basis. That is the that's what the Freemasons love, right? It's geometry. Everything's on geometry. Music and astronomy, which they twisted astronomy into astrology. Yeah, and I believe you, you and I talked about the old spiritualism weird stuff last time. And how dude, just... I
1: argue with everyone about <laughs> that, dude. Anytime I never <laughs> miss a chance
0: to say how weird the new age stuff is, man. You're it, dude, you're on it, though, because I, I think a lot now I will say this: a lot of good people get fooled, go, go down that road. They do because they feel like that. It's connecting them to this like spirit realm and spirit world, but they don't understand or open themselves up to these like entities, man, that are waiting for them. That you know, that they don't understand. And listen, I've been down these roads, man. I I've done it. I, I I've done the, the, you know, the spirit walks and, and connecting with these entities. They're there, they're waiting for you and they will talk to you.
1: Well, dude, the dark entities are more predatory too. So like, even though you're trying to open yourself up to something positive, doing mm-hmm. yoga to a full moon or something like that these dark entities are lurking whereas the good entities are probably I don't I don't know exactly how it works but I would imagine they're out there actually doing good and these dark entities are just waiting for some sucker to open themselves <laughs> up and then they're going to jump in and dude yeah like like you said I I know a ton of really nice people that that fall for this and i say it all the time the devil isn't going to come to you or these demons or whatever they are aren't going to come to you saying that they're going to rape you in fire for eternity right they're going to come to you as a friend as a loved one as a pretty woman or whatever i'm not saying women are evil but like just the idea of something very positive and appealing is Mm -hmm. what's going to get you roped into this stuff success fame all that stuff i mean all that stuff sounds good but, you know, it it definitely will, will get you, it seems.
0: Yeah. It, and and to your point about that, man, I mean, just when you open yourself up to these entities and you think they're good. And a lot of times they disguise themselves as something very good, too, like especially initially. You know, I think that's where a lot of these UFO uh, contacts come in, too. I don't think that they're actually aliens. Like, I think they're fallen angels or oh, wow. um, we're, we're going to get to uh, this a little bit with the Nephilim. Um, and I'll just break off real quick and break down Nephilim. Nephilim were the sons of God in the Bible that had sex with women that created through Cain's line, these giants, these men of renown, the heroes that we have heard about, you know, these, you know, giants in the Bible, they they, they ran the the, uh, uh, antediluvian world, essentially. I mean, they were, yeah, I think, you know, you see something that's 30 cubics. you know what I mean? Compared to, to a human, I mean, and then they, you know, they obviously, uh, diluted their bloodline a lot too and this is where we're going to get into this bloodline of the snake that we're talking about
1: real quick um, what was that term yeah, that you used anti was that it
0: yeah so anti-diluvian that means pre-flood so that's before the deluge yeah so that's uh like pre-flood so really before um you know the flood i mean the world was berserk you know it it to, in my opinion and i've listened to some guys that are way more knowledgeable than me about this but in my opinion i think technology might have even been better before the flood than it is now and that, that's where you get your Atlantis stuff in that's where you get poseidon with the with the waters now poseidon is a nephilim like that was what a lot of people have coincided to figure out a, a lot of these Great. Again, heroes of renown, these titans of throughout, you know, you know, Greek culture. I mean, all of these things were what were considered the Nephilim back then. So these were Crazy. it's it's a wild and the Bible talks about the Nephilim after the flood, too. So a lot of people are really like, where do they go and how did they show back up? And a lot of people can't think it came through Nimrod's line, which he was uh, Ham's son, which Ham was the son of Noah, and he was on the ark, and he was one of the guys that came through. Nimrod was just like a, you know, they, they said he was a very, like, powerful king. I, from what yeah, I've Babylon, read, right? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. He started the Tower of Babel, and that was when, you know, God dispersed everyone through languages. All the languages. Yeah, yeah, okay. And now there's right. a
1: language app called
0: Babel. <laughs> teaching different languages, <laughs> wild again, man. You know, Babylon ties into a lot of this too, um but Babylon was later. You know, like Babylon to me was like, you know, after the flood. It wasn't like you know all the stuff before, like the Sumerians and all that. It it was kind of like post. Like Nimrod was a big part of like starting all that. um I don't think Nimrod was a Nephilim. I think Nimrod may, like married in with these Nephilim, and I think the Nephilim. We get a little weird here. I think that there's a there's a good uh, there's a lot of theories that went around like where the Nephilim went. Right. Because they show back up. Now, we could say it was another incursion. Right. Fallen angels came again, had sex with women and created more Nephilim, which I I think it could be the case for sure. It it could be the case. Also, we're talking about like hollow earth and, and cave systems and we get into like portals and stuff like that. I think maybe they're you know real fathers and and mothers issued them out of there before the flood came and then kind of brought them back into the earth you know after the flood you know that's just a theory i'm not saying it's it's the truth but it's it's one of the running theories that goes around in these circles okay i like it yeah so the brother of the snake so adam was taught the seven sciences but he was taught it in a pure way by god in the garden of eden when he let when he you know had ate the fruit and they knew the knowledge of good and evil they, they you know they were kicked out of uh uh eden um you know they they still had to procreate the earth um adam knew, still knew the seven sciences and he was going to teach his sons which he did the seven sciences now we're going to throw abel out of the situation because abel's done uh came you know waxed him out Cain was already had already learned the seven sciences so Cain along with fallen angels was very pissed off and he wanted to corrupt the seven sciences so he had his first son Enoch now Enoch he named his first city after if you do some research in some outside of biblical text but uh you know some of the guys uh that have done a lot of, you know, deep research, even back in the day on this subject say that Cain uh, built, and this is funny, 66 cities. So great number, right? So yeah. it's, uh, yeah. So he built 66 cities. Um, you know, he ended up taking one of Adam's daughters. They had a lot of kids obviously back then they were living for 900 years. I mean, they had a lot of kids, you up take one of his daughters and he started procreating, um, Enoch. Now Enoch is, uh, is a wild one, man. That's really where the Brotherhood of the Snake started because Enoch was the one that really busted out with a lot of really cool shit, uh, like like hieroglyphs. Like he was the one that started writing and he started all of these things. Now, people and Freemasons like to twist the book of Enoch into saying that Enoch that wrote that was the Enoch That further down Adam's line, that walked so closely with God that he went straight into heaven. So that's what they want to say with that, but that's not the case. The Enoch that wrote the Book of Enoch was this Enoch. Now, so there's two of them. There's two Enoch's. Like here, I'm gonna see if I can screen share this for you. I'm gonna show you. And while
1: while you're pulling that up, dude, I'm and maybe you can answer
0: this for me. I'm very.
1: Skeptical, I'm. I'm, Or not skeptical is probably not the right word, but I'm curious as to why this book is left out of the the traditional Bible, but then now it's made pretty available for quite a few of us that are willing to go and look for it. Right? You you see that? Yes, it starts with Adam, and then you get Cain, Abel, and Seth.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and if you'll notice this weird thing, so you've got Adam, Abel. You know, he was slain. You got. Cain on this side goes straight to Enoch. We were just talking about Enoch. You yeah. got Irad, you got Mahujael, Methusael, Lamech. He's very important, and he's also very important in Freemasonic um, circles as well. Um, but we're going to jump back over to Adam's line on Seth. So you got Enos, which you're really similar, kind of sounds like Enoch a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You got I see what you're, where you're going. You got, yep, you got Mahalaliel, you got Jared, you got Enoch. Now, this is the yeah. Enoch. That everyone thinks that wrote the book of Enoch. You got Methusael, and I see we got another, we got another one over here. You wow. got Methuselah, Methusael, and you got Lamech on this side. So the theory is that on Cain's side, a lot of these guys would take the name or a version of the name on the other side. It was part of this long game of confusion. Um, Even the right. And there's a lot of like, there's a lot of theories, too, that maybe even the writers uh, later on, um, you know, with outside of biblical text, obviously, had changed some of the stuff, too. So you've got this weird correlation here. And you're like, why? Why do they have very similar names? Um, but I think that that was part of a game to delude this Adam bloodline. So if you know anything about the Adam, the Seth bloodline. That is the line that Jesus came from. Mm. So that was something that one, the fallen angels wanted to dilute and we'll get to the Nephilim, which is further down, but the fallen angels wanted to dilute that line. Cause I mean, they, they had to, a lot of people think that Noah, and I'm gonna jump in real quick forward to the, to the deluge that Noah, when God told him in the Bible that he was essentially perfect. He wasn't talking about that. He was perfect in like being holy. He meant that his DNA was perfect. Mm. He was, he was undiluted because by that, I believe it was the seventh generation of these guys is when the Nephilim really started going crazy by the 10th generation, they had already got into the Seth bloodline too. They had diluted all the bloodlines. They had gotten to the point where it was just an absolute mayhem, just a shit show. So that was kind of when God was like, we're going to go ahead and like reboot this. And we're going to put Noah and his family in the art because they have that clean DNA and we're going to move it along. And that's, and that's essentially how that happened. But back to this uh this 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 line of adam with 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 cain and enoch so enoch like i said he he was the uh he did the sacred carvings that was kind of his thing um in the book of enoch he talks about that the watchers which were the shadowy group that's in the book of enoch there the fallen angels how that they uh taught him all of these things in the book of Enoch well people thought, thought that those were the the good angels or the uh angels from God that taught Enoch that's why Enoch's not in the the canonical bible because there was those disparities they they weren't talking about the same Enoch it was being disguised as the same Enoch also mm. there hasn't been anyone actually you know people say Enoch wrote it but nobody knows exactly who wrote it I'm talking about the people who think that Enoch uh on Seth's side wrote it. So that's why the people that have dug very deep that start looking into this Brotherhood, the snake, have tied it to Enoch from Cain's line. So is the
1: Enoch of Cain's line is he a good guy or like a bad guy? No, he's okay.
0: pretty awful. Yeah. He uh But then
1: the one on Seth's side is a is a better guy.
0: Correct. So the one on Seth's side, he is the one that walked so closely with God. He literally walked into heaven. He never died. Like I okay. just kind of just like, I don't know, dimensionally or whatever, just put him into this other dimension.
1: And here. so what you're saying is this this bad one has been mixed up so much with this good one that a lot of people are looking to this this Enoch that comes from Cain and they're thinking that he's good.
0: Correct. OK, And I think I that was get that part. Clear. Yeah, I think that's part of the long game um, to do that, because, you know, it's that's kind of a Freemason and a secret society thing to dilute things as much as possible. Invert um, things to where it it becomes this, uh, you know, it it just becomes not true anymore or dilutes you so much to where you just don't even know what's true anymore. If that uh, makes sense. That's
1: fascinating, man. It really is. I because I, I I had looked at that. I'd seen, seen that there was two separate Enoch's, but I didn't even put two and two together. Like when I was looking into this myself, because I was looking into the whole like Lucifer versus Satan thing. How right. like the Freemasons will say that that's like the good the good side of the devil is Lucifer, the bad side of mm-hmm. the devil is Satan. Even though you'd think that there isn't a, such a thing as a right. good side of the devil. Mm-hmm. And uh getting into like the Lilith and Semiel stuff versus Adam and Eve. And so I was yeah. I was just not putting that together. So that's very
0: interesting. So another side note to Enoch, so a lot of people wonder how Enoch could have written this and it you know got through the flood, right? So again, this guy was he was the precursor of starting the sacred symbols that we see in uh secret societies because the fallen angels wanted away to what's a good word for it to make these symbols elite to make it an elite thing so it's where you get this elitism from these guys think that they know more than the rest of us and it's been passed down through generations so enoch created these hieroglyphics and he wrote them on these uh pillars so there's a legend and this is in Freemasonry now that pre world that he buried everything on Mount Mora was inside of Mount Mora. So, this is what they said happened. Um, uh, it, it was a lot of weird stuff in there, like, you know, gold tablets. And, and this is all <laughs> part of the Masonic craft. They say this is, you know, but again, they're referring to Enoch on Seth's side. They're, they're, again, they're not saying that it's Enoch on Cain's side, but he wrote all these things. He wrote in these on these pillars. You know, that's where they get uh, Boaz and Jachin, the two pillars from Freemasonry. Um, that's what at least again, that's the Masonic company line. But if you look at the uh, Anderson legend, which James Anderson, um, he was a freemason uh very he's very high up uh you know he was in the late 1600s to early 1700s um and anderson legend and uh also george uh oliver on um, the oliver legend and he was like late t- late 1700s to early 1800s they wrote a lot of text and a lot of knowledge about enoch and they broke down enoch as being the son of cain they said that we are from the Cain bloodline this is what we protect is the Cain bloodline now 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 freemasons have have totally they pushed away from that and they said oh those guys were crazy those guys are lying those guys were big time in their day like there's no way that they were making this shit up well they did the
1: same thing with albert pike they say that he was too satanic right absolutely one of their highest regarded people
0: well, and you should say that about Aleister Crowley as well, because Aleister Crowley got kicked out of the Freemasons. If you do the research on Aleister Crowley, really? <laughs> he was a Freemason. They said he was he was too much for even them. Like, cause he was he was a druid too, and like just a lot of different things. And like Aleister Crowley, like they kicked him out of Freemasons. Um, again, because Freemasons are the gateway, right? They're the gatekeepers, like they they don't want a lot of heat on them. They want to look good, they want to look holy, they want to look like they are. You know, even though they even their whole thing is we don't have a set religion. You just have to believe in God or the architect um, is what they say. Um, But they lean heavily towards Christianity. They want to they want to promote that image. So these guys were not doing it. But listen, these guys were academics. They weren't doing it to cause dissension in Freemasonry. Like their whole goal was just to be kind of recorders of what had been passed down. So that's all they were doing. They're just recording this knowledge. They're not, they're not, they're not, they're not doing it to, to, you know, to, to lie. Right. So when you dig deep with these guys, they talk about this cane bloodline, this, this, this cane bloodline now, you want to talk about the pillars. Everybody says that it's it's Boaz and and Yaakin, and, and this is from, you know, it, it stems back to uh, King Solomon. It's not the case. This take, brings back in Lamech. So really, the pillars were built on Lamech's sons. That's where a lot of this came into place. Now, I'm going to pull up Lamech's sons here.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, if you don't mind explaining that a little bit for people like me, yeah. who are not sure what that is.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, Lamech. Uh, yeah so Lamech had uh had four had four kids that we that we really know like the ones that were like the main ones that they talk like these four names were brought up in the Bible you got jabel jubal tubal Cain, you know who tubal Cain is, and uh Jones yeah which was uh the sister so when they talk about the the pillars. They're generally speaking about Jable and Jubal. Um, even though some people think it could be Tubal Cain could be one of them, we don't really know. Um, we don't. You know, that's one of those things that's never been really explained. Like even like the Freemasons never talk about. But I know that Oliver and Anderson specifically talked about that the pillars were built on the sons of Lamech. So that's the that's the crazy thing. Their whole, all of their their work that they wrote about was in, in like just the complete opposite of what the freemasons freemasons are presenting now which is pretty mm. wild when you start digging around back to it
1: well it is interesting too how much i mean you, you said something that stood out to me there how the freemasons are are they try to make them look good they do a lot of the charity stuff right mm-hmm. and, and there are some noble things that the freemasons do for sure but um in conspiracy circles for like beginner conspiratorial type people they think that the freemasons are the end-all be-all because it seems like every damn person in high-level society is a freemason and that seems intentional by these higher-up societies they while they're simultaneously as you say trying to be painted in a in a fair light what they're also kind of uh demonized
0: yeah it's it's for people that don't really know. So I can say just being, you know, in those Freemason circles, generally speaking, guys are pretty good. You know, you don't really see a lot of the more devious aspects of it until you start working your way up or, you know, certain guys that are in your group and you just can, you just know, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, you know, I knew by it's, it's almost like they could spot out if, if you're down for the cause too. You know what I mean? There were sure. certain guys that kind of knew why I was in there and they definitely came to me with a lot of ideas, which I won't speak about, but it, okay. it's just stuff like that, that happens, but as far as the charity work and all that, man, I'm telling you, like we had a, our lodge was in the middle of a, uh, not a gray area and it was by design because it was there to help the community. So like when school would start and these kids didn't have stuff for school, we had backpacks ready with everything in it for school. Mm. We had every holiday, we were cooking food for people. We had plates you could come by and get, you know, um, you know, free, free turkeys we gave out for, you know, uh, Thanksgiving, all that kind of stuff. I mean, you know, community service is a huge part of it. You do X amount of community service where you can get in. So like that, that's a, a big thing. And a lot of those guys are in it for great reasons. I mean, they they look at it as a fraternity, which it is. It's just a brotherhood. Um, I would say in the ninety to ninety five percentile, those are the guys you're going to get in there. You're not going to be getting this whole devious plot yeah. and all that. Like they they know about the pillar. Like we, we all know about. You, you're given a lot of information initially that you have to like learn that's not given to the public. But a lot of those guys don't even know what they're reading. Like they don't know what it means. You know, I got a hold of one of the books that they gave me pretty early on. And I'm like blown away. I'm like, oh, this is everything I was looking for, like right here. But none, none of those guys really understood it. But that goes back to what we're talking about: Enoch creating these symbols, creating these things that only the elite minds could understand, only mm. the elite minds could see. It's like when, when we're talking about looking at movies, right? You and I could watch a movie and see probably a shit ton of symbols in it, where maybe another person wouldn't see anything, wouldn't even know what was going on. Um, it's the same. It works in the same way in those circles as well like not everybody's privy to everything in those circles um, so you're saying
1: a lot of these freemasons and people that join these societies they are kind of like the uh i don't want to say ignorant but the 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 kid that's not picking up on the symbolism while they're you know reading through the texts and things like that oh absolutely. they're just simply going through and they're like yeah i agree with this i believe in charity i believe in all that i, I think it's interesting too to point out you know, all the charity. I mean the mafia did a lot of charity too, right? And because mm-hmm. it, when, you're, when you're maybe when you are doing some shady things at a higher level, um, that point oh oh one percent of any organization, I don't care if it's the Vatican, the Freemasons, um, any of these groups, it seems like the top, top levels of any society are kind of kind of interesting, right? I mean, they're kind of getting into some of that right. dark stuff. Um, same with the mafia. I mean, all these groups, they definitely uh they have the the lower level people portraying this really nice image it seems like again the vatican is a a great example um but the high levels are doing some shady shit
0: and it's been that way since the dawn of time and when it boils down to what cain wanted to do he hated god hated him because he he wanted to do it his way and he didn't want to do what god asked him to do even though god was being pretty like generous you know what i mean so he wanted it his way and he was corrupted And he wanted to corrupt the seven sciences, which he's done a great job of doing. I mean, geometry is the tenets of Freemasonry. So everything's about building. So everything they do is about building. Now, don't get me wrong. um, You know, when I was going through all that, uh, it's it can be in some ways good, because when you're talking about, you know, building yourself up, you know, building yourself to, you know, building a foundation and all that. um, You know, those things on the surface are good. Um, When you start looking at where these things came from, though, and like what the end result is, you know, if you're building yourself up to what, you know what I mean? Like, I think that's where, you know, kind of it all came from. Um, But I'm going to kind of shift into this bloodline of the snake, please, because that's really what the brotherhood of the snake is built on is this really diluted bloodline of this Nephilim. That started in the seventh uh, generation of Cain. So this is when fallen angels came and they, they, you know, they, they, it's, it was said that they found the women, you know, beautiful. They lusted after them. So if you do a lot of research about angels and stuff, they're, you know, metaphysical, but they can take on different forms and. Um, it 's through scripture that they can have sex like it's it 's not something that they can 't do um, there 's been a and this is, gets a little wilder when we start getting there a lot of people think that Mars and there was a planet called Rahab that uh, was in between Jupiter and Mars that that was really the uh, headquarters for Lucifer when he was first kicked out of heaven and Mars was also inhabited by angels there was angel civilizations on Mars a lot of people talk about that too so you know oh, wow. before the earth was created the universe was already there it just said the world was without form and void so there were you know angels have been around forever so they had like civilizations and things like that and especially when you the one-third of the angels uh flipped on god uh you know they 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 left they were kicked out of heaven so they fed, you know, had a Find a place to reside, right? So, yeah, I, there was been talk about there was wars on Mars, which is you know, the planet um, very that's the god of
1: war, right? Mars is uh, isn't the Mars the god of war?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. You're talking about from a uh, like a like a like a astrological uh, aspect. uh Yeah, and then I think uh, Mars, the
1: Greek god of war, isn't he? i I think so i don't know for
0: positive yeah don't quote me on that i don't know i can
1: double check but yeah no it's very interesting and when you start talking about these planets and angels i think about um mormonism because don't they believe that when you die
0: if you're a good person you get your own planet well i know uh, i maybe but i I think don't they in Islam as well? They live on a planet with like a shit ton of virgins or something like that. That's they one did. of their things. Oh yeah. Too. Well they
1: get a bunch of virgins. I don't know if they get right. on planet, but a lot of these religions do borrow from each other. And for the record, you know, Mormonism and Freemasonry are very, very interesting when you start looking at how those two are tied together. Right.
0: A lot of people say that uh, a Smith that started it was a Freemason uh, yeah. as well. So there's a lot of things to do, a lot of ties there too. So you're not far off when it comes to, That that train of thought. Um, But yeah, there's some stuff out there about planet Rahab. Uh, It's very interesting, man. I mean, I don't know how much truth in it. I, I, I I like the concept a lot, because there's a there's an asteroid belt between the two planets and like where'd all these rocks come from. And it was kind of, you know, Rahab's been used in the Bible 11 times only 5 times was it ever used for Rahab who helped the spies who eventually helped take down the walls of Jericho the other 6 times people think that they were referring to the planet Rahab so it's it's very interesting when you start going down that rabbit hole man i i i found it interesting and it's just it kind of ties into like my whole thing about fallen angels being these you know, aliens that people think are going to be aliens, you know, it it would make sense because in a sense they would be extraterrestrial, right? They would be on another planet. They would be, you know, inhabiting, nobody talks about the angels, right? Like they, we don't know. We don't know a lot about them. They were around way before we were, you know what I mean? Like God decided up and decided that, Hey, create these humans. And one third of them got kind of pissed off about that jealous. You know what I mean? So, you know, Satan wanted to, you know, he thought he could be God and he found out quickly that can happen. Yeah. So,
1: very interesting. Yeah, so it is the Roman God. I just wanted to Roman
0: God. Okay. So cool, that I don't cool. sound
1: like a complete idiot saying it's the Greek. But they're I mean, they tie together so well. There's like Greco Roman all kinds of things. So but yeah, no, it's it's very interesting that you mentioned war going on on Mars, and then I wonder if that's where that draws from.
0: Yeah. And so uh, you know, we we're getting we're getting to this like, you know, Nephilim bloodline yeah yeah of when these Nephilim start coming. So it, it's it's uh it gets wild. I mean, they're they are these these giants and they're essentially where we get our, our grasp of superheroes. Like, I think that's where we've gotten, you know, the idea of superheroes from, I think it's where, you know, superheroes are kind of a derivative, like, you know, the Titans in Greek culture or all of these stories, you look at every culture, they've always got these stories of giants. You know, I was just in Utah and I met a guy who was coming out there uh, to check like uh, energy readings on the property that we were on, you know, we were out there, uh, you know, checking all kind of stuff out. And this guy's like known for that. And come to find out, he's like a, a Nephilim, like scholar, like this guy's, so, he was, like he actually sends us to the Valley of the Three Kings. So we go to this valley, like in Utah, and there's these petroglyphs from thousands of years ago with six-fingered giants on these walls next to like little wow. people it's crazy and it's like this stuff's. it's not just in like one country it's all over the world like everywhere like it's in everything also when it goes when you talk about giants um there's been so much and i'm sure you've heard of la marzulli but like marzulli talks about this a lot and he's got a book where he's got pictures on the book of giant bones where like you can go to places overseas where they'll you know everybody says that you know the big thing is that all the giant bones that are found over here or are found over here always sent to the smithsonian to go to die we never see them right they go and hide them because that would screw up any you know part of evolution that they want to push to us so like that they don't want to have that out there because that would be that would put a huge spin like what wh- are these giant bones where do they come from like what did they evolve from Where's that you know that would that would mess all that up but there's some places overseas that actually will allow you to come and like Hold the finger or something. His fingers are Holy like you know, ridiculous. Yeah, he's got pictures of a lot of stuff in the book. I there's places I go out online. It's not hard to find. There's plenty of pictures because guys back in like the early 1900s were taking pictures of stuff put in the newspaper. There's plenty of newspaper sure. like, clippings of like these giants that were even in North America that were like 50 feet tall. Like you're just like where are these? Where's this stuff coming from?
1: That's crazy. But
0: man. and when you talk to Native Americans, it's so wild. When I was out in Utah. Oh my God, man. It's like we would be talking about something and just somehow they'd start talking about giants. And I'm like, yeah, the redheaded giants, like, yeah, people still see him up in these, like, up in the Rockies and stuff. Cause you could see the Rockies over the Makes is where we're at. And they're like, yeah, yeah, you know, we all know about the giants. He's like, the, the Native Americans, um, had to barter with them back in the day because they had tribes of, of of giants as well. So it was all going on in North America. Like it was. it's just like commonplace. Whereas now we're totally brainwashed and totally, you know, taught quote unquote things in school, you know, that they want us to know. They don't really want us to know history. They don't really want us to know what really happened. We don't know really anything out past maybe a hundred years, like the last living person. That's really what we know. We only it's, know what they tell us.
1: Yeah, history changes every hundred or eighty years or so, right? I mean, I mean, mm-hmm. this is well documented that if you can get your hands on books from the 1800s, you'll you'll get a completely different set of information than you would now.
0: Oh yeah, for sure, man, for sure. So these nephilim bloodlines uh, were created. Um, I'm actually going to pull this thing out real quick. Yeah, let's Here's check it line. out. I like the visuals, oh, dude. Actually, I don't have a visual for this, but I'm pulling this. Oh, okay. Out. So yeah. So we were talking about the uh the dragon court. So the dragon court women. This is where these were the women that were considered like the the first, yeah, like the first string of women that brought in like the Nephilim, right? There was a lot of them, but these were like the revered like women. So you had uh these all Sumerian names too. So this is kind of coming from that whole Sumerian part. So you, you you pull a lot of Nephilim knowledge from the Sumerians because they called them the Anunnaki. So that's where we get a lot of cross-referencing and we're able to pull some of this knowledge from that.
1: Well, guys, I got some more awesome stuff on the Brotherhood of the Snake with Joel Thomas. Again, what a cool fucking dude. You can tell the sincerity and, like, the shit that he says. Just, I, I mean, I don't know why I, I think this dude's so cool. I just do. Um, get the rest of the conversation over there at patreon.com slash podcast. We get deeper and deeper into the Brotherhood. And uh, it just is who the Freemasons seem to want to be when they grow up. So, uh... Hope to see you over there at Patreon, guys. Thanks so much for the support.